welcome to Sick Burns on 80s Music. In this podcast, we'll take a close critical look at song lyrics of the late 20th century's best-known decade, the 80s, with two members of its most forgotten generation, Generation X. We're your hosts, Margaret and Elizabeth. I'm Margaret. I'm spending my career so far writing corporate memos and press releases and singing 80s songs in the car and shower. I'm Elizabeth. I'm spending my career so far reading and writing academic prose and teaching college students English and singing 80 songs in the car and shower. In this podcast, we're going to break down the lyrics to your favorite 80 songs, consider whether they hold up in a 21st century context, and deliver some choice critique, aka sick burns. Today on the podcast, we're covering the troubling pedophilic backstory of Benny Mardonis' 1980 hit, Into the Night. The song's unusual for being one of the only 10 recordings to ever ascend to the top 20 of the Billboard Hot 100 chart twice. Hmm. We should look into why that is. Recordings to ever... Oh, I see. Like on two... It it charted twice, yeah, Yeah. in in the 80s. So in the same decade. Um. Within the same year, or like in, in the same in the same decade, just in the same so, decade, so in different yeah. Years. So it charted like in 1980, but then again in I think 89 or something. It had like a little weird, isn't it weird? Yes, and I that's like not a thing that often happens, at least in the same decade. I don't know why it would try. It must have been used in a movie or something. I'll have to look um, into that. Right, and of course it's experiencing kind of a resurgence now because it's a yacht rock staple and yacht rock's a big you know a big favorite right now especially for us gen xers who yeah there's the the darker ones that are incorrect what's that (laughs) i would say because you were saying yacht rock is big with gen xers now and i would say for like the evil gen xers (laughs) i love yacht rock am i evil I love it. I was afraid you were going to say that while I was talking. But okay. <laughs> no, I hear you because I really like That's like Michael McDonald. Yeah, and, it's like um, smooth grooves. And it reminds yeah. me of being in the backseat of my dad's car while he drove around on Saturdays. Yeah. Like, just nice, yeah, yeah. breezy, easy. I know. One of my oh. first records was England Dan and John Ford Coley. Oh, so. my God. That's, that song's on my top five favorite songs. Yeah. Fair okay. enough. Okay. Okay. But I do take... The idea of why they call it Yacht Rock is kind of obnoxious. Yeah, it just seems... Like, this is what we listen to on our yacht. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it is. I like to listen to it while we're on the sailboat, but... uh, But, you know, maybe I'm evil. We should explore that in a future episode. (laughs) Yeah, I, I listen to it in our jalopy, you know? Yeah, totally. Okay. So the, people love this song because it's got a real memorable hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, These like nice piano uh, chords mm-hmm. that are real memorable. In fact, I'll I'll play you a little piece of it. Right, it's like very catchy, but the lyrics are really troubling, and I have been I love this song and I have for a long long time and I love the hook and then one day I was driving home from work and I suddenly it kind of hit me what 
the lyrics were about. And you have those. I feel like we need a word for this in the English language where you there's something that's like so much a part of your your psyche and it's in your brain. And then all of a sudden there's Mm -hmm. it seems suddenly very different to you. That's our whole show. It's our whole show. And I think the reason that this suddenly became very, um, like I started looking at it in a different light was right before I had turned the channel, I was listening to news coverage of the, um, the Epstein case and uh-huh. Uh-huh. which is, you know, all about, um, this, this sex trafficking ring, child sex tra- trafficking ring that yeah. Jeffrey Epstein had been part of or the leader of or whatever the allegation is. So I was sort of like part of my brain was processing that. And then this song came on and the opening lyrics are just so troubling and disgusting. And also I have a teenage daughter. And so these things were sort of mashing around in my brain and Mm -hmm. the opening lyrics. I'll read them to you in case you don't know the song, but everybody should go listen to it. She's just 16 years old. Leave her alone. They say separated by fools who don't know what love is yet. And then the you know he wants to he wants to fly pick her up and take her into the night and show her a love like she's never ever seen, and then the video is even worse. Ah! So he's in it. So this is the early days of videos, right? So Uh MTV didn't start until 1981, and this song's from 1980. So Uh the production value is really bad. Um, I mean, I guess it could be worse. It's not like something that my son made in the basement, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, he act, he stars in it and it's one of those, I think people started getting more creative with their video production and then they became like films. Uh, but this mm-hmm. one is just, I think there were two options. One, you record you and your band singing it while you perform, like it's a live performance or, and sometimes with like wacky backdrops. Or uh, or you do the thing where you act the song out and there's like a separate <laughs> movie. Like I'm thinking Papa Don't Preach is a good example uh-huh. of that, right? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Um, and also when Papa Don't Preach, you get Danny, the recently deceased Danny Aieo, like opening the door and the boyfriend's there. This is uh-huh. like a trope, I think, in 80s uh-huh. videos. The uh-huh. knock at the door and the the dad opens the door. So yeah, that's how this have fun too. I think. Which one? Girls just want to have fun. Yes. Yes. Think. Who's the guy With that the played her now? The wrestler. Uh, um, I can't think Lou of Lou Albano. Right. Maybe so. Yeah. Captain yeah. Lou Albano. Yeah, I think I don't you're know right. Captain mm-hmm. of, but yeah. I can remember his name like I remember Florence Jean Castleberry. <laughs> Which I don't know why I can remember her name. So anyway, Benny plays the boyfriend. He goes up to the door. He knocks on it. And the dad answers the door, right? And then the dad says, very slowly, because he's trying to sync up with the lyrics of the song that's being playing over. She's just 16 years old. Leave her alone. And he just looks kind of like disappointed and disgusted. Mm-hmm. And then he closes the door. And then Benny is like all mad. And he like walks around to the side of the house. And then there's a window and she's in it. And he's like looking at her in the window. All creepy. And is singing this song. Is he like an adult like in his 20s in this? He's, he's, yeah, <laughs> I think he's in his 30s. But he could be, it's one of those things that people in old pictures and videos always look older. Yeah. Than oh, they yeah. are. 
yeah, we, because people like aged faster, they dressed differently and in, there was less hair hair processing and cosmetic procedures and yeah. Like, I think so. I mean, people our age now, who, people who are what, people who in the 70s and 80s who were then what our age is now are dressed like grandmas with like head scarves and you, like there's some fashion thing that happened, you know? What is that? I don't get it. I don't know. But Benny Mardonis, in any case, is not a 16 year old. <laughs> no, he is an adult man. Yeah. Yeah. Now he is dressed like a youthful rocker. He's got, and I would sort of describe it like, um, what's the name of the character in Fast Times at Ridgemont High? The dude that sells the concert tickets, Mike. Remember. Well, he's got the like the feathered hair, feathered down the middle, feathered off to the sides, longish, like shoulder length, like a real thin feather. And then he's got a black. Yeah, it's you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh And just kind of pervy to start with that hair. Don't ever have that haircut. It's it reads perv. Yeah. So he's got a black and white striped T-shirt that's sleeveless, so sleeves cut off. A bolo tie, but I accept the sleeveless T-shirt also. So yeah, I'm sleeveless T-shirt. Yeah, jeans and like like Puma tennis shoes or something like white tennis uh-huh. shoes, uh-huh. like a little flat bottom tennis shoe. And yeah. he's and because you could just see some makeup person on the video shoot telling him like, we really we need some stage makeup for you and this Mr. Mardonis because we have to be able to see your features so we've got like definitely some pancake makeup and like some heavy eyeliner oh because it's rock and roll you know but (laughs) all of it makes his lips look kind of purple and it's just bad it's like very corpse like yeah so he goes around to the and she's this cute girl and she's like all pretty and blonde and her bedroom's like pink and she's just sitting there with her like her chin her mm-hmm. on her fist and she's sulking oh sulking uh-huh because her dad won't let her see this dude that she likes yeah but he's so horny <laughs> <laughs> yeah she <laughs> he is or she is well i they probably both are, but <laughs> that's an 80s word that I wanted to use. But <laughs> also, she wants to be with them. That's part of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, At yeah. least that's what, yes, because we're viewing this through the male gaze. And so for sure she does. Yeah. Oh, right. Totally. But she might have. I mean. Yeah. 16-year-old girls. Yeah. Totally. They're like an older dude, right? Totally. Totally. And they have sexual feelings. They do. Good for you for sticking up for those 16-year-old girls. Well, listen, I am not de- uh, defending Benny Mardonis by any means, but I do remember like when David Bowie died and people were like, listen, he raped all these teenagers. And the people who were teenagers then and who are now like in their 60s and 70s were like, well, I did have sex with David Bowie when I was 14 and I tried very hard to do so. And... <laughs> had an extremely pleasant experience that I have never forgotten. And you know, like, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like we can't, we don't have the equipment to be able to talk about that because you can't 
say like children have sex because they don't, that's literally impossible, you know? But of course, teenagers and adolescents and teenagers have sexual feelings. They do. I don't mean to complicate. I don't. I did. I'm sure you did. We all do. Totally. Especially if you got somebody like David Bowie running around as a possibility, like a legitimate possibility. Yes. How could you not? So. (laughs) (laughs) Outside of the street. Yeah. (laughs) Sitting at your window looking at you. Yeah, exactly. So she's daydreaming. Um, and he's like pissed off. He's like singing the lyrics to the song. They're keeping him apart. And then he sort of creeps around to get on a payphone, which is a super fun little detail. Uh Um, because you know, they were everywhere back in the day and Mm -hmm. he calls her. Mm -hmm. He's really sad. Oh, Mike Damone. That's who he looks like. He looks like Mike Damone from fast, fast times at Ridgemont. Okay. Okay. Uh Um, and oh, oh so here's a little detail on how old he was. So he was born in 1946. Got so it. in 1980, he's 34 and he's singing to a 16 year old. Oh, gross. But listen, also, I just had occasion to be reminded of the Beatles song. I saw her standing there, which begins. She was just 17. You know, 17. so many songs start by telling us how old she was. Big She's nothing. sexy in 17. Uh-huh. She's. She uh-huh. was just 17. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, there's more too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's a, like a winger song or something too. She's only mm-hmm. 17. Oh yeah, totally. 17. So, oh, also fun fact. He was born in Cleveland, Ohio, just like us. That's super fun. I know. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, mm-hmm. Back to the video. He gives up on the phone call. He goes back to the window. He's ca- now he's carrying a carpet mm-hmm. and he unrolls the carpet. He crawls through her window. He mm-hmm. unrolls the carpet like and he and and he lays down on it and then he like <laughs> holds his hand up to her. She's just standing there like watching this passively. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she lays down on it too. And then you get the special effects and they go flying all around like Aladdin style. And yeah. And if you're wondering if they kiss in this video, they do. Um, Uh, And it makes you wonder like, how old is this actress? She was Uh, probably like 26 or something. I feel like you think so. Well, only, only because I feel like that um, happens a lot that it's that adults are playing teenagers like all the time, like Buffy, the vampire slayer and Veronica Mars and trying to think yeah. of shows that officially have teenagers but they're really all played by adults you know yes m- most of them i think that. you're right like i was reading about clueless lately and they were all in their 20s late like mid to late 20s yeah. right yeah like paul rudd was like 30 or something yeah exactly that. anyway so that's the setup of the song yeah if you look at the video like there's some pictures in here too uh-huh. Yeah. I put in like there he oh. is. Oh, ew. Uh, <laughs> is that what you expected? Look, well, your white van. Vivid, but you also did not mention the curtains. Oh my god! Like the very eighties country. Yes. Um, oh, like a floral chin. Laura Ashley probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Branded. 
There's like a, what is this? Like a pencil sharpener on her little pretty desk or her vanity. Uh, and there's a white van behind him. Oh. Yeah. So like, let's look at the cues in this. He's unrolling a carpet on her floor yeah. and there's a white van parked outside. So you could very easily roll her up in it. And then put it in van. I'm just saying we should be worried about her. I'm yeah. worried about her. But nobody was. Nobody was. Well, I mean, her dad, there he is unrolling the carpet. Her dad turned him away. I mean, he yeah. said, go away, you know? No. She's got all her, like, makeup out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh. Ew. It's very, it's disturbing. And yeah. so my question to you is, how come none of us noticed how gross this song was when it was popular not once but twice? Yeah. Like, what? That's weird. Well, there is that context that we just pointed out about all the other songs that use that as a basis in them, like the... It's just attractive just for the fact that she's underage. Yeah. (laughs) And like that being on the verge is what, you know, um, is what makes, is what increases the attraction, I guess. But it is kidnap. It is kidnapping what's going on (laughs) in the video. And that people seem to accept that that was. Right. And yeah, the, the whole thing about the Epstein case was that, they uh it was this idea of like we're all you know there's all this like this theory about like the illuminati and there's all kinds of powerful people and they're doing these terrible things and it's all a secret and you would be shocked if you knew the truth and yeah. uh and then the epstein thing really taught us all that that was true yeah right look at the people no. kind of right. who ran in his circle right Les wexner bill clinton prince andrew Right. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, the finest we've got. Yeah. And um, so that's kind of what's crazy about this is like we maybe we noticed or maybe we didn't 1980, but uh, it was just right out there. And then the other fun facts are that the album that this is on is called Never Run, Never Hide, which if you put it in the context (laughs) of like hiding in plain sight, that's kind of an (laughs) ironic title. And then Two of his other albums are called Thank God for Girls and oh Too God. Much to Lose. <laughs> I, that's gross. Yeah, it's super gross. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're wondering if anybody had a problem with it in 1980, they did. Oh. And if Kevin Bacon wasn't allowed to dance at his prom, you better believe this one didn't make it past some eagle-eyed or eagle-eared yeah. I guess so, but I, but I think that usually those people, well, whatever. I don't usually think of those people as like looking out for women, but okay, I'm glad that somebody noticed. Okay, well, it might might have been the women that were looking out uh-huh. for women, yeah, who because they were people that were like writing letters to radio stations and stuff. Um, so let's. Do you want me to tell you what people thought about it or what he says yeah. about it? Yeah. Well, he says that he was. This song is about a real 16-year-old girl that he knew named Heidi. Okay. She lived in his apartment building in Spanish Harlem. Okay. And he says their relationship was platonic. He looked after her and her family after their father left. And Benny Mardonis would pay her $50 a week to walk his basset hound, whose name was Zanke. 
was waiting for you to say that word. Thank you. Thank you's a good name for a dog. It's a pretty cute name for a dog, especially for a basset hound. Totally. So he's writing this song in his apartment with his songwriting partner, Robert Tepper. And here's what he says about the process. He says, one night, quote, Robert Tepper and I were up writing songs. It was about a week before we were leaving for Miami to cut the first big album, which was Never Run, Never Hide. We thought we already had the hit song and so did Polydor Records. It was a song called Might Have Been Love. But at the last minute, we're sitting there one night at my apartment trying to write. Bobby kept playing chord changes and we tried 18 melodies and 30 kinds of lyrics. And all of a sudden, the key in the door turned and I said, oh, my God, it's daylight because we like to keep the blinds down. And number one, insane. Who doesn't know they're fucking tired <laughs> of the night and time to go to bed? I don't know. People who are taking uppers. It was like probably 1979 when they were writing it. And he continues. And in she walks, 16 years old, dressed for school in a miniskirt, little stacked heels, adorable, 16 going on 21. She says, you've been up all night? Mm -hmm. And of course, it was obvious. I said, yeah, we have. And she says, okay, come on, Zanky. And she walks the dog out. And when she leaves and goes out the door, my partner goes, oh, my God. And I said, hey, Bob, she's just 16 years old. Leave her alone. And literally five minutes later, I said, Hey, play that lick again, Bobby. Uh, so he played yeah. the lick, and I went singing. She's just 16 years old. Leave her alone, they say. Uh-huh. Then I thought about her. Now, Elizabeth, let me ask you this. Let me ask you if this next part <laughs> makes sense. Then I thought about her dad and what he had done, and that's where I got singing, separated by fools who don't know what love is yet. The what chorus, has the dad done? I don't get it. The dad left the family. So he abandoned Heidi and her and her family, right? Oh. Like, so he's like, oh, here's this poor, like, abandoned teenage girl. Her, she's been abandoned by her dad, and separated by fools who don't know what love is yet. Uh-huh. The chorus was like, "You're too young for me, but if I could fly, I'd pick you up and take you into the night and show you love like you've never seen." Uh-huh. Then the verse, it's like having it all and watching it, having it all and letting it show. It's like having a dream where nobody has a heart. It's like having it all and watching it fall apart because his success was not the family's success. It was just his. It was all about the abandonment of this family and this 16 year old girl. But I don't get that explanation. I don't understand it. You explain it to me now because it doesn't make any sense. Why does it have to do with her being abandoned by her dad that he wants to sleep with her? Yeah, and who's what having it all and watching it fall apart? I don't understand who has the dream and nobody has a heart. I don't either. I'm and like, did you change persons on me, dude? Are you saying yeah, that like yeah. the dad is the one singing? I don't get it. Yeah. Regardless, I think this is a very thin explanation. Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah maybe he could see the sirens in the distance and he's... <laughs> to come up with something real fast <laughs> well hear the sirens you see the lights and hear the sirens <laughs> there you go <laughs> when the song first came out some radio stations had concerns and here's what he had to say about that he says polydor records sent out like three thousand letters to radio stations across the country explaining what the song was really about and the song got added and almost instantly started playing all over america 
So what he Polydor sent out that bogus explanation that was about a father leaving their family, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, perfect, totally great." Yes, that is exactly it. Huh? Yeah, I think that the evidence of the video that you very adequately and eloquently presented earlier, like, completely belies that explanation because there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. He oh, is creeping okay. on her, unrolling a carpet in her bedroom. It's so creepy. There's nothing in that video that has to do with a father leaving their family. And right. In yeah. fact, the dad is at the door when he knocks on it. He had a lawyer write that explanation and potentially threaten the radio stations with slander or libel. I can never remember which. So, you know what I mean? Like they had to play it. Otherwise they would be implicated in some kind of like character assassination. It was all, I bet you it was all lawyers. Or it was payola, right? Oh like, my God, totally. We're from Cleveland. We know about payola because it took down Alan Freed, who's mm-hmm. the guy that came up with the term rock and roll. And it's the reason that rock and roll hall of fame is in Cleveland. And mm-hmm. I think they just paid Polydor probably slipped like a hundo a hundo in that letter and they were like here's the explanation <laughs> totally yes so yeah totally they gave them the explanation that they could show to their lawyers they had the subsidy for their radio station and so they were like we're good to go man let's make this a hit let's make this kidnapping fantasy a hit <laughs> exactly and they did twice uh-huh, uh-huh. twice i like the hundo <laughs> I love I like condos too or a cool thou yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe it was a cool thou I don't know like how much would be appropriate for that kind of, would you just how much will it cost to have you overlook the creepy story we're yeah. telling in this song and yeah. play it all the time uh-huh. I think that's real weird and um, the 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 fact that we all just are through so all these you know people that like were outraged in 1980 threw up their hands and were like well i guess we're just gonna it does have a good hook i'll give them that that lick is tight or whatever i shouldn't say it that way that lick that bob bob tepper wrote <laughs> real good and if you wanted to learn more about it you could go on songfacts.com they have on their blog, they have an interview with Benny Mardonis, which is where these quotes came from. And then if you go on songmeanings.net, which is a great website, there's quite a debate raging about it. Yeah. uh, As you can imagine. Good to know. From all the people who are like, it's just a good song. Can you leave it alone? So there you have it. Would you listen to this song? Now knowing what you now knowing what you know, it would you put this on a playlist? So I would not have done so long before we had this conversation. (laughs) Is it just not your jam? Is this just not your... Well, yeah, I don't... There are... I definitely enjoy some Yacht Rock songs when they come across, but I don't seek them out. And this was so far in the back of my mind and experience that it... You know, I I really had to look it up when you first mentioned it and then go, oh, yeah, I remember that song. So, but I, so I probably wouldn't have before, but I certainly would not now. 
Okay, good. Good to know. Well, when I'm listening to Yacht Rock now, I have to change the station when this song comes on. And I usually like, I'm thinking about something else or I'm driving. And then I hear the opening chords and I'm like, oh, I love this song. And then I look down. I'm like, oh, no, I can't love this song anymore. No, stop. No, change it. And then I change it and I put it on a different channel. Yeah. It put it on 80s on 8. Yeah. Yeah. So eliminate so i don't we could just cancel him then i guess yeah i think benny mardonis needs to be canceled i think he's living in florida now and he's married and he's got some health trouble that's what the um, wikipedia says Mm. um so you know I, i guess i wish him well uh although i don't you know believe in the message of his song yeah uh, Bob Tepper, I guess, knows how to write a good hook. Yeah. That's as much as I can say about that. Yeah. I don't know. Some other episode, maybe we'll explore this concept of it was a different time, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was, but it was still a time where kidnapping was statutory illegal. rape was illegal yeah. and yeah. <laughs> kidnapping was illegal. So um, I'm pretty sure those have been illegal for quite a while. Yeah. Although I guess I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but. Yeah. Uh, it's more fun to talk about things you don't know about. Yeah, for sure. You know, speculation is a great is a great time. So there you go, Beth. That's the troubling pedophilic backstory of Into the Night. That was great. That was a great first episode. Well, that's it for this episode of Sick Burns. If you want to join the conversation, find us on Instagram. We're at sick underscore burns underscore pod or email us at burningthe80s at gmail.com. And stay tuned for more Sick Burns with your favorite 80s songs with us, your hosts, Margaret and Elizabeth. Thanks for joining. Mm-hmm.